As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. podcast on the athletic network it's monday december 14th and today's show officially kicks off season two of no dunks and our 16th consecutive nba season of podcasting our longevity is all because of your loyalty i'm still je skeets and alongside me always and forever tas mellis Still Tass Mills. What's going on, everybody? What's up, Tassie? We got the Bass Master ripping dem lips, Trey Kirby. Hey yo! Hey yo! The international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm-hmm. Lee. Last but not least, making the magic happen, JD. Hello. There he is. And here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Looked a little dicey there for a second this morning. Uh, I woke up to YouTube down and Gmail down. Basically everything down. Didn't know if we were going to have the stream team, but we do and we're here. So shout out to all of you. Make sure you subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube and like and comment and hit that little bell for notifications. We got big plans for the YouTube stream this season. New merchandise. Remember I promised or I teased items? items galore we got items baby we've teamed up with breakingtea.com for some brand new no dunks merch you're seeing it now if you're joining us on youtube we got shirts we've got hoodies we even got a mug a good morning sweet world mug nice Um, scroll nice scroll right beautiful scroll there and this this merch i mean this stuff is soft. We were just talking about before we came on. You could scumbag Steve it up in the hoodies Ooh, yeah. if you wanted to because you don't need to wear a, an undershirt under these hoodies. Yeah, the tee looks great, Lily. So go to nodunks.com and get your No Dunks merchandise. Ah, You're pushing it pretty close if you want to get in time for the holiday, but maybe if you're in America, you could still pull it off. I think hey, you Hey, if you celebrate Orthodox Christmas, it'll be there right <laughs> in time. That's true. Armenian Christmas is what? The 5th or the 6th, I think. That's right. Um, so yeah, you got time for that. So go to nodunks.com, get your merchandise. It's really great. Final thing here, speaking of gifts, uh, The Athletic dropping the holiday BOGO offer, the buy one gift one, <laughs> so you can get an annual subscription to The Athletic for yourself, smart, 
And then you can just give an annual subscription for free to somebody else. That's one price, two subscriptions, every team covered, and you can take advantage of this limited time offer. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks so they know that we sent you. All right, how's everybody doing? We, we, you know, we last talked during the Westbrook Wall emergency podcast, but we basically had two weeks off. JD, are you refreshed and ready to go? Oh, I'm so ready. I'm, I was <laughs> counting the minutes to, for, from when we last signed off in our emergency broadcast. I, I, I haven't. I've been literally sitting in this chair, just waiting for, <laughs> for this day, for this moment to come. So I'm very, very thrilled to be here, and I, I can't wait to keep going right. Until July twenty second or third or whatever. <laughs> yeah, the but who's counting? Yeah, who's counting? So. Who's counting? Who's counting? Yeah, uh, we're going to Tokyo get, after that, JD. Don't did worry. anybody get up to anything interesting in these last two weeks? I assume nobody really went anywhere, right? <laughs> Nowhere to go no, for us. That's about it. I tell you, I tell you where I did go last night was back up into my attic because uh, I'm not sure if you remember, but a few weeks ago I had some tiles, like some shingles, blow off my ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> and last night I was uh, restless, asleep. It was a bit of a warm night, and it started pouring with rain. It was started windy, and I'm like, oh my god! Oh. I, so I went up to the attic last. I was awake anyway, and I thought I'm just going to check it out because yeah, uh, we've go had get some them, loose- Joe shingles. <laughs> we've had some loose <laughs> shingles, and uh, so far though, so far it appears as though the roof remains intact. But, okay. Uh, yeah, there you go. So I went to the attic. <laughs> <laughs> what an wow. awesome You're crazy, man. What Starting you the season off with a off, cool I went story. to the attic. That's incredible. Okay, well, we are, we are back and uh, excited here for another season of No Dunks with The Athletic. And we usually do this at the start of the season. We get into our NBA season previews by tackling some burning questions. This is going to be a five-part series, so all week long. So make sure you've subscribed to No Dunks wherever you listen to No Dunks. This is part one of five, dropping all week long, like I said. So the first question, Tass, I'm going to throw it at you. You get us started. Biggest threat to the Lakers? You know, I assume we're going to focus on the Western Conference, but which team do you think is the biggest threat to the Lakers? It's the Clippers. Yeah, let's do it again. Same as last season. (laughs) The years are exactly the same, right? Everything exactly the same. Uh, But I do think it's the Clippers, and I think it's easy to forget after the way they went out of the playoffs and everybody making fun of them because of them dropping uh, three straight games against the Denver Nuggets after going up 3-1 in the second round. It's easy to forget they were the second seed during the regular season, and I think they're going to rectify some things that were awry, that that really set them off the wrong uh, direction during the regular season. Uh, first, they're healthier. Paul George is not coming off shoulder surgery. So right. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are going to play a bunch more games together this year. And I think they'll probably play more games than uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis together. I know that's kind of dumb, dumb thing to say right now because Kawhi Leonard always takes games off. But yeah. LeBron is going to be chilling uh, because he played so late into the season. So I think that chemistry uh, is going to be a focus for them. Let's play uh, and let's get on the same page because that obviously fell apart during the regular season. And that's the reason why they went and got Serge Ibaka. Uh, he is uh, a great glue guy. I'm not saying Montrez Harrell, the guy he's replacing, was the problem. But Montrez Harrell did take it to the streets. He put the business out on the streets. I don't think Serge Ibaka is going to do that. He's a friend of Kawhi Leonard. They won a championship together. And he's a guy who can play down the stretch, unlike Montrez Harrell. So I think there's improvement in the locker room, on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, that focus is going to be on chemistry. And then the Luke Kennard... Uh, trade that they made is is an unheralded one. Luke Kennard coming from the Pistons where, listen, a lot of uh, casual fans don't know who Luke Kennard is because nobody's watching Pistons basketball, but 
He's a playmaker off the bench. I think he could be the de facto point guard at the end of games. He's just a really solid guy because sometimes things got stagnant with the Clippers. Luke Kennard can be that player. And listen, uh, I think people will say, what about the Denver Nuggets? They went to the conference finals and they beat uh, the Clippers. That's true. I think they've got some their own problems themselves. Michael Porter Jr. is going to be relied on a lot this season because they let Jeremy Grant go. Uh, but I think they're number three with a bullet right there. Uh, people putting the Blazers above them. I think that's a little nuts. I think they're right behind the Clippers. And again, Clippers, despite those problems and the locker room problems, which will be a focus this season to get things together and to keep shit in-house. No talking to the media. Uh, they were still number two. And I think they will be again number two over the, the Denver Nuggets, who uh, I'm looking forward to. But you said, you know, the Eastern Conference uh, will avoid for this question. But... I don't know. I think the East is a little more interesting, even though they don't have one through 10 as good a teams as the West. 10, 11 teams can make it in the West. There's more teams that can make it out of the East with the Heat, Celtics, uh, you know, obviously the Bucks, the Nets, the Sixers and Raptors if you're if you're reaching. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. The, the Clippers have a legitimate shot to get the number one seed because I think LeBron and AD are, are going to rest a bit. Okay. Well, before I ask you the same question, Trey, I saw the ringer. They did their... 2021 NBA tiers, right? And if you just focus on the Western Conference, they had the favorites as the Lakers, and you can agree or disagree on that, the contenders as the Clippers, Tass's pick there, the Mavericks and the Nuggets, and then playoff locks, Jazz, Blazers, Suns, Warriors, and Rockets. Now, I'm not great at the maths, but that's uh, nine teams there. So somebody... <laughs> well, uh, ten make it, don't they? Well, yeah, that's true. Now, we'll get, that's a whole other question that we'll get to eventually uh, later on. Is the play-in tournament actually making the playoffs? Anyway, do you agree with those tiers? And of those teams that I just listed, is there someone else besides the Clippers, Trey, that you think is the biggest threat in the West to uh, take down LeBron and AD? Well, I didn't read the piece, but I would say I agree with the tier that the Lakers are far and away the best okay. team. They were the best team last year. They got better this year. You tend to get better playing your second time around. We remember the Heat after they won their first championship. They were even better the second go around. So I'm with Tass there. I think uh, the Lakers are going to still be the team to beat. And I would imagine the Clippers are the team that's right there challenging them. I think even if Serge Ibaka coming in, even if the biggest thing he brings is chemistry, that's a huge win as well. Uh, and not to mention it just simplifies things for Ty Lue uh, during the stretch down the stretch last year, it would be, are we going with our offensive big guy in Montrez Harrell or our defensive big guy in Zubats? Now right. you've got Serge Ibaka, who's kind of going to be able to fill both of those roles. It's a little bit easier choice, a little bit easier fit. And then I do think I have the Nuggets there, despite the fact that they're asking a lot from Michael Porter Jr. this year. With Jeremy Grant going to the Pistons to apparently handle the ball, they're all in on Michael Porter Jr., being able to figure out defense enough that he can stay on the court playing against uh, some of these wings in the Western Conference, and they're asking him to to take another step forward as a playmaker, as a scorer, as somebody who's going to be able to contribute 18 to 20 points a night. I think they can do it. I like the size that Porter gives them alongside Jokic to be able to at least combat the height of the Lakers. They're still going to be a big team out there, no doubt, when they're going with LeBron and AD. AD is just such a matchup problem that I don't know if anybody's able to handle him in the league. If he's your second best player, you're in a good spot, but... Yeah. I do have a little bit of confidence in the Nuggets. That being said, it's going to be a slow start. That's how it always is. Maybe the fact that the season is starting in December this year means we don't have the typical Jokic November swoon, so he's (laughs) an MVP right Mm -hmm. away. I don't know. I'm feeling confident in the Nuggets showing up again 
this year. But uh, I do think the Lakers are still head and shoulders above both of those two. Yeah, and the Nuggets, I mean, we forget, they didn't have Will Barton there uh, in that pretty, you know, impressive run in the playoffs and so he's back in the mix he should be healthy so that's another body there they could make a move too they obviously have a lot of talent that they could package together maybe they go and try and get a big big name around the deadline if they're struggling a little bit okay so you got the nuggets you got the clippers lee is there anyone else or are you are you agreeing with these guys that, that you can talk yourself into to being a threat to the Lakers? yeah it's really hard to make a strong case for another team in the western conference because the rockets i don't think are going to be there i don't think the thunder are anywhere close i think the mavericks are still not quite there competing at that level just yet especially if Porzingis is out for an extended period we know he's going to miss the first couple of games here so it's very very hard to see anyone who's better than the Lakers because I think the Lakers got better than anyone else in the offseason too with the moves that they made and now that uh, Anthony Davis has his championship I think he's going to have that championship swag this season where he's just going to feel so much more confident where he doesn't need to put his stamp on the game necessarily during the regular season he knows Come playoff time, that's when he's going to have to stand up and really start dominating. So I think the Lakers do cruise a little bit, but I, I'm I'm out on the Clippers right now. I, until they really show me that they have gotten over those chemistry problems, I don't think the Clippers are uh, are a second the second team in the Western Conference right now because a lot of this I think falls on Kawhi Leonard number one and then Paul George number two because Jovan Buha had a really good deep dive article on on the Clippers season uh, last week for the Athletic. It was a fantastic job there, and a lot of the problems I think stem from the fact that Kawhi. Uh, and Paul George got such special treatment that it rubbed up so many of the guys the other way. And this season, I think the emphasis falls back on those leaders to be like, yep, okay, we got it wrong. We've got to be more of a, a team here and more of a team player. Mm-hmm. And by doing things, by not just taking games off whenever they feel like it, it's a shortened season. There's only 72 games. So things will probably be a little bit compact. Now, I expect, of course, Kawhi will miss some games. But last season, I think when you look back at it now, there were some warning signs there that he was just in his own world and I think it did come back to, to, to haunt the Clippers. So I think the emphasis now falls on him to be more of a team player. And I want to see that from the start. I, I, I remember, you know, in the Raptors, he was missing, sitting out games really early into the season. I want to see him out there now playing all these games at the start and just showing that he's changed and he's, he's adapting to become a better team player. Because I think if your leader is the guy who is, is, is being a bad leader by example, then how does the rest of the team fall in behind that? So... That's something I'm looking for this season uh, for the Clippers, and until they do that, I'm out on them. I, I'm just not. I'm not putting them in that same bracket as the Lakers. And for the Nuggets, I was disappointed they lost Jeremy Grant. I think that's they're going to miss him. I think that's a big blow. Uh, but on, on the counter to that, I'm really excited to see Jamal Murray this season because he was incredible down in the bubble. Mm-hmm. But remember. You know, we talk about uh, Nikola Jokic, who gets off to a bit of a slow start. Jamal Murray was the same last season. He really didn't get it going in that first bit of the season. And it wasn't until really down in the bubble where, where he really got cooking. So now I want to see him from day one, from game one, take that step up. Because I think Jamal Murray, if he's not an all-star this year, I think that will be a disappointment. I think he, I think he was that good down there and he's shown that potential. So right now I, I would have the Nuggets, I guess, second. But, but ultimately... There, it, it, you can throw a blanket over the rest of the Western Conference themes. The Lakers are just far too good. They're healthy. They're fresh. They, they've got a deep bench. They're well coached. They've got all the ingredients uh, to certainly go back to back as we sit here right now. Would you bet, though, on the Lakers to have the number one seed in the Western Conference staff? Oh, or, oh. Or, or Lee or anyone? Yeah. I mean, like, like saying, I, that LeBron knows that you don't need to have it. It's not a must yeah. thing for him. Um, and other teams like the Nuggets. And, and, and again, the Clippers, they really want to sort of, I think, uh, send that message that they're serious and they could go for it. So I'm not convinced the Lakers will get it. But even when the Lakers are going at 80%, I can't see them finishing any lower than the second best seed in the West. 
You agree, Tess? Well, last year, the Clippers finished three and a half games behind the Lakers, and Paul George was coming off so- shoulder surgery. I think uh, LeBron, or I'm sorry, Kawhi and Paul George played 32 games together going into the bubble. It was a real low number. And the focus this year is going to be, hey, uh, don't don't screw around. Uh, let, let's get this together uh, from the get-go. Right. And LeBron and AD, they're sitting out preseason games at this point. Kawhi and Paul George are playing. Uh, so the Lakers are definitely the best team. Uh, but I think the Clippers have yeah a legitimate shot here at, at taking the number one seed for sure. They should have that chip on their shoulder. I can't wait till we start calling them the L.A. Chippers. You can see it coming now. <laughs> I know it's happening. Give me two months and we'll be calling them the L.A. Chippers. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I agree with you guys. I mean, it feels like the Lakers got by and far better than most of these other teams. Um, like you just went through with all these squads. So I won't repeat what you guys said. I will say sort of like a wild card pick for me. If I had to like really squint and really search for another team that could put some fear into some of these teams at the top. Was a team, you know, that... that was there in the playoffs last year as an eight seed, sneaking in in the Portland Trailblazers, but were much better than an eight seed. I mean, this was the thing because they were injured all year. I liked what they did in the offseason, too. You know, traded for an elite three and D guy in Robert Covington. That's big. You're going to need a guy like that to put on the Kawhis and to put on the LeBrons and stuff like that. Signed Derek Jones Jr. for two years, 19 million. Okay. You know, re signed Rodney Hood, who prior to his injury was actually pretty solid for them. Canters in to replace Whiteside. Your team's always going to get better when Whiteside leaves. Everybody knows that. Took a flyer <laughs> on Harry Giles. Lockdown Cantor defense. <laughs> and they re-signed Carmelo Anthony for the one-year vet minimum. So I like those moves. And, oh, yeah, Damian Lillard is still incredible. Like, I was blown away when I went and looked at Damian Lillard's basketball reference page. I'm like, I forgot Lillard averaged 30 points per game last year. <laughs> and eight assists, and, you know, the four boards. Like, like unbelievable numbers. Like, that's crazy. And I don't know why it's sort of, like, glossed over me or washed over me. Um, but he's incredible. We know that. You still got McCollum. You got a damn good team if they're all healthy. Uh, so I, I, I think they're going to be much better, obviously, if everybody stays healthy than they were in eight seed. And I think they could be challenging some of these other squads that you guys mentioned. Though Hollinger pointed out he's doing great team previews. The one thing they didn't do was sign a backup point guard. And, uh, you know, that feels like a minor thing, but they don't have one because they're still, I guess, banking on Simmons being that guy um, who was really, really bad in that role in 1920. He was he was rough. So he'll be a third-year guy now, so maybe he's improved. But I, I like what the Blazers did. When they still have Lillard, you guys still got a star, and all those other pieces, yeah, I could talk myself into them taking down uh, one, of, one of these teams. But I'm going to need to get some stops, and luckily they got some guys to help them play a little bit better defense. Before we move on, though, Trey, I got to set you up with this one. This is a bit of a softball. What do you think of the Paul George extension? Uh, look, Skeets, last year after the Clippers flamed out of the playoffs, blowing a 3-1 lead to a team that everybody thought they were going to beat, I took an oath and said, I'm not hating on Paul George when the next season comes around. So I got to just say an incredible deal for him to get all that money as the premier 3 and D guard in the NBA. Yeah. You know, if you can lock in a 3 and D guy for five years at a Supermax a contract that basically every team has regretted thus far after signing him, you got to do it. Uh, Tass, I saw you tweeting about the Paul George extension. I mean, you were sort of taking the the stance of like, I mean, this is nothing new. You have to do this if you're the Clippers after trading away so many guys to get him and pairing him with Kawhi, right? Like that, that the extension was inevitable? Most teams, I think, do it, uh, despite him having a, a bad playoffs. But if Kawhi leaves, then it looks terrible. Uh, and if Kawhi stays, then it's probably going to look pretty good. Right. Right. Yeah. Lee, anything to add to that? Well, I saw someone tweeting, and I can't remember who it was, but it was a respected uh, Twitterer 
saying that the Clippers actually tested the waters on trading him before signing him to that contract, which was interesting. That would have just been uh, that would have just blown up. We would have had another emergency pot if Paul sure. George gets traded. So interesting that the Clippers just thought, I wonder what his value is. Nah, well, let's just lock him up, keep it as an asset. Because as you're saying, if uh, he was a free, he potentially could have left after this season for nothing. So now they're like, all right, we just got to keep hold of this guy because at his best, he's a very, very good player. But he wasn't at his best down in the bubble. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. All right, next question here in our burning question. Season preview series, toughest team to predict. This is always a fun question. Trey, why don't you get us started? Who are you just struggling to wrap your head around? How good are the Brooklyn Nets going to be? That's the question to me. If you said in 2019, you got Kevin Durant, you got Kyrie Irving, you've got all the great role players the Nets have, that's a title contender right there. But in reality, we got Kevin Durant coming off a major injury. We got Kyrie Irving coming off his own surgery and obviously making waves with uh, his takes off the court. The continuity, the chemistry, the culture that was there in Brooklyn that lured KD and Kyrie, gone. They're just a super team now. Also, it's pretty possible that this isn't their team in three months. This could not be their team in three weeks. We have no idea what the Nets are going to look like come playoff time. I honestly thought we were going to be doing an emergency podcast for James Harden being traded there the day after we did the one for Russell Westbrook going to the Wizards. I think the the, the Nets are going to be great. To me, they're probably going to be the best team in the Eastern Conference if they can get on the same page, which looks like it's going to be a problem at some points. But even when they're not on the same page, they're still going to be pretty good. It's just preseason, but KD looked great. Kyrie oh, yeah. looked great. And those are two walking buckets right there. Those guys are ambulatory waste baskets. You can get some hoops. They're going to score. Will they be good enough defensively? I don't know. But when you've got Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert attacking the third and fourth best defender, you're in a good spot, at least offensively. They've got 15 head coaches plus another four head coaches on the bench. I think they're going to be good. But it could all end up being a disaster with the way uh, Kyrie and KD have been off the court, maybe uh, maybe the chemistry is a huge problem. They just did that Instagram live, and it was impossible to tell. Does Kyrie Irving really want to post up ten times a game? Is that what the Nets want? Their point guard running the post ups when they've got a seven foot scoring machine on the wing too? I don't know, but I cannot wait to see. Yeah, uh, Kevin Durant looked a little uncomfortable in that uh, Instagram live. If you ask me, when He's Kyrie like, was when Kyrie was saying he was him in a former life, kind of like. Uh, what are we doing here, man? This is live. Everyone's watching this right now. So, yeah, but I, I, it's a good pick because of that. I think on the court, there's no question the talent is there. But Kyrie has brought uh, attention to that team already by by calling media porn, saying he's not going to do media this year. That's a hill that he's going to die on. Media, media not- what? Pawns. Pawns. Oh, pawns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not pawn, pawns. Pawns. Uh, yeah, I thought you said media porn, but, but I, the thing is, my mistake. You know, 
Kyrie, Kyrie is not going to win this battle with the media. He's going to lose that battle. So the quicker that he sort of gets over that and starts doing his media, uh, the better for the team because ultimately it's a very selfish thing that he's doing by saying I'm not talking to the media because that, all that means is his teammates are going to get asked all the questions. His coaching staff is going to get asked that question time again. He's going to continue to get fined. The team will get fined. And ultimately, I think the NBA will just suspend him if he doesn't do it. So that's something that they, I don't think that team wants going into this season. I think uh, they, they want to start as, as fresh as possible. And so they probably want Kyrie to get over that as quickly as he can and uh, just focus on the basketball. <laughs> okay. What do you think of that there, Taz? Will Kyrie just get over it? <laughs> yeah. He didn't after game one of the preseason. He didn't answer any questions. I wonder if it's, uh, I don't know, it, it's kind of lessened because they're not doing media in person. So it's it's guys just going up and sitting on a chair in front of a camera. So I, I, think, I think the effect of Kyrie not doing it is less upon his teammates. I think his teammates would hate it more if they're in a locker room and Kyrie just showers and gets out of there hmm. uh, real quick. But yeah, I definitely wonder what happens when they're on a losing streak and Kyrie's not doing interviews. And I also wonder if the NBA is going to continue to find him. They've only find him once. And that was on media day. He didn't do media after game one of the preseason is it going to be 25K after 25K after 25K? Are they going to count IG Live as media days? I think he's going to get hit uh, every single time, and I don't think he's coming back uh, for this season. When, why would he come back? It, it feels Because they'll suspend him if he doesn't. I, I, th- I think there's no way the NBA is just going to keep fining him like 25 grand. I think those fines will escalate because it's in his contract for one. Uh, and yeah. the NBA, the NBA just simply doesn't allow people to, just, especially a star player, to say, "Okay, that's fine," because if he does it, then you know other players will start doing it as well. Damon Lillard wants him to do his media, so his 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 peers want him to do the media, and uh, it's just something that the NBA will not tolerate. There's no question about it. So I, I think if he doesn't do it, the fines will get bigger and bigger and bigger, and then they'll just say, "All right, we're going to suspend you until you do it." I, that's my belief anyway. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't said anything after Game One of the preseason, though. That leads me to believe that. It's just kind of up in the air. They don't know what to do with this unprecedented situation right now where a guy says, hey, I'm playing chess. I love the Queen's Gambit. Yeah, he's been uh, watching a lot of Queen's Gambit. That was obvious. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Call everybody playing. Why doesn't he just do like the classic, like, uh, was it Marshawn yeah. Lynch? Like, just show up and say, you know, no comment to every I'm question. here so I don't get fined. Yeah, here's exactly, exactly what Marshawn said. That's probably right. what'll happen. I don't know, though. I mean, Magic Johnson did a press boycott once, and that guy's a legend, you know? Right. There have been players who have decided not to talk to the media. I also don't think uh, Kyrie necessarily will keep that same energy for the entire season. Like you're saying, Lee, once the fines start coming down, eventually you can just show up just to show up. But can you blame him? Nobody likes sitting on Zoom for hours and hours (laughs) at a time. The guy goes out, has his job, then he's got to go back on Zoom. It sucks. Oh, come on. Come on. I know you're a Kyrie fan. I know you're one of the kings. You're not a pawn because he talks to you and he respects you. But uh, There's four people in the media he likes and they're all on this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, hey, look, let's extend the offer out there then if Kyrie wants to come on uh no dunks we can do late night shows we'll do the you know classic bring back the bubble wrap basically JD you're not going to like to hear this but we'll have Kyrie on and we'll ask him the questions maybe because we're the only media he trusts apparently (laughs) uh yeah this is this is crazy but that's a great pick the Nets I'm with you I mean look I got pretty excited having Kevin Durant back. I don't care if it's just preseason basketball and Kyrie and Steph Curry, like watching these guys again. You're like, yeah, this is this is fun. And KD especially, 
He looks solid. They're playing the Wizards. I get it. In preseason basketball, doesn't any of it really matter? No, I, I don't really put too much stock into it. But, you know, he's moving well and obviously looked fairly explosive. And why would the jumper leave him? That's not going anywhere. That little turn and face and splash. And then you had Sarah Kustak going, woo! Woo! Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> Getting to watch Kevin Durant here for a full season if you're Kustak. So, yeah, that's a good pick. Um, who do you got, Tass, as a tough team to predict? Uh, or are you going also with the Nets? No, the Nets are a great one. I, I do want to see Kyrie in the post. And he did want run one of those plays yesterday where he just scoops right in and the defender's way behind him. So it wasn't like a traditional post play. Mm-hmm. But we're going to see Kyrie. Kyrie and KD and all those coaches run some clever stuff. It, it's going to be a blast watching those guys. I don't want this to be uh, Kevin Durant's older phase yesterday and maybe just it's because he's balding but i was watching him and and he looks so athletic and so freakish and i'm just and and he's 32 and and he's been through so much i just don't want this to be the older phase of kevin durant's career but he's just freaking amazing uh so it's not it's not that part you know you know you know when you get to a guy's older career and he's moving just a tiny bit slower and he's operating more in the post but I think they have a legitimate shot to win the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Uh, it's it's there's just too much talent on there, and they're gonna they came together for a reason, and they have been chomping at the bit. It was cool to see Kevin Durant say, "I felt nervous out there uh, because mm-hmm. he signed a year and a half ago, and he hasn't been able to play." Uh, they're great. Uh, another team that's great that could be uh, also on the on the sort of borderline playoff bubble in the Western Conference, I think, is are the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Luka could carry this team to a top four seed. No question. But they're not that deep in the front court, especially with Kristaps Porzingis being injured to start the season. Dwight Powell and then Willie Cauley-Stein are, are going to have to carry the load. And, and Dwight Powell coming off an injury himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, will Willie Cauley-Stein have to play a ton of minutes? And then on the wings, they got a bunch of guys that sort of make sense around Luka. You know, they're hard-nosed 3 and D guys. James Johnson, Wes Awandu. Dorian Finney-Smith, but not that deep in the talent and the offensive talent department. And then the ball handlers, maybe Josh Richardson coming over from Philly can work with Luka, not having to be a, a ball handler like he was in, in Philadelphia. Sure. Um, Seth Curry's gone, though, and then you got Jalen Brunson and Tim Hardaway. So if Kristaps Porzingis is out, it, it, it does fall out a lot, a lot on him. If he's out for an extended period of time in that tough West where they have kept the powder dry basically – uh, for the free agency crop in 2021 here. They've got max room. They didn't go out and spend a, a ton of money. Maybe it's for Giannis or whoever. The West is tough. I, I, mm-hmm. OKC is out as a playoff team, but you know the 12, 13, 14 teams that are, are projected to land in those spots, like Sacramento, Spurs, Minnesota, they could still make the playoffs, a couple of those teams. like It is going to be hard for the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, and, and so I, I would put them... Uh, in that in that pretty big range, I, I wouldn't be wouldn't be crazy to see them miss the playoffs. Although they were they were a seven seed last year and they played a lot better than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, 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 everyone's going to be ready for the Dallas Mavericks this season. Yeah, there were uh, I forget who it was specifically, but there was one NBA pundit saying that the Mavericks were not going to make the playoffs. So they're somewhat agreeing with you, like sort of that spectrum there, Tass, of like, no, you could see them being top three. Luka goes to even another level and is winning MVPs, and who knows? Uh, they're still one of the best offensive teams we've ever seen in history. Or, you know, yeah, maybe they, they take a step back here and uh, and are, are fighting at least to get into the playoffs. I, I, I can see it. I, I see where you're going there. Uh, what do you got, Lee? What team's tough to predict for you? Well, team, we've 
kind of forgotten about is the Warriors uh, coming in mm. now because obviously losing Clay Thompson to that Achilles injury was a, a major blow to them. Last season, of course, Draymond was very, very bad. He didn't look good. Steph Curry missed, what, eight weeks or something with a, uh, a broken finger. The Warriors just kind of mailed it in by the end of the last season. So coming back now, everyone was healthy until a couple of weeks ago when they lost Clay. And uh, you just wonder now, where are the where are the Warriors in in the Western Conference? Are they a legit contender today? I I don't think so. I don't think so. I think uh, they're 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 better than they were last season, but missing Clay is going to be a big blow. Now they've got Kelly Oubre who's come in. He's he's certainly no replacement for Clay, but he's a replacement player. But obviously as well, the big big question for the Warriors is what will they get out of Andrew Wiggins this season? Wiggins is looking great. He's been jacked up. He's been in the uh, gym. He's been working out, uh, and he's had obviously a lot of time. I think to sort of at least acclimatise now to the Warriors and what they expect from him. I think they're working very hard to try to get the best out of him. But what is the best of Andrew Wiggins? What is he? Is he a guy who can be consistent, give you 20, 25? No, I'll tell you the best. It's like five or six weeks of lights out, three-point shooting, you know, 25 per game. You're talking yourself into him. You're buying a Subway sandwich shop on an island somewhere. (laughs) You're getting people to fly in. You're building some real estate. But then it all blows up in your face. That, that, I, he can't. He can't put it together yeah. for you know really a full season. It's been it, it, his problem, yeah. and that's the challenge for the Warriors. You know because it's like if they can get him to play consistent, I, I can see a scenario where he would lead that team in scoring simply because he's so athletic, he's so quick, wow. and they could. Like, I mean, I could see him getting 27, 28 a game. I mean, Steph, obviously. You're crazy for this one, Lee. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Steph Curry can, is going to always score more than Wiggins. I can just envision team. a scenario. That's where Wiggins <laughs> is at his best, right? Hey, listen, we yeah. like to run. We like to shoot threes. Just go out and do that. That's what you're going to do. So I can see a scenario where that's happening. But I can also see, as we know from Wiggins from his years, he can go weeks where you're just like, okay, where, where the hell is this guy? Yeah, but, but, you but can he, envision a scenario where Kelly Oubre Jr. is much better his than minutes. Uh, yeah, Andrew for sure. Wiggins. And, and I mean, like his career, Wiggins is at the crossroads already as far as like, is he going to be labeled a bust or actually a guy who, who was just a late bloomer? And so far, he's leaning closer towards bust, but this is a great situation for him, I think, there. Mm-hmm. Because they, especially again with the Clay Thompson injury, there's going to be so many more shots and scoring opportunities for Andrew Wiggins. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe it's just that, you know, I saw him on Instagram the other day, jacked. And I'm like, yeah, he's all right. jacked for sure. Yeah. But he, he was one of those guys, because he was always so thin, you know, a little bit of muscle just makes him look huge. So, uh, you know, anyway, <laughs> I'm excited to see. I, I just, you know, again, the Warriors, are they, are they a legit contender? I would say. Not right now, but they have got some very intriguing pieces on that roster. Okay. Um, I, I've got a few teams I'll throw out here. But first, I mean, when you're, when you're talking about the toughest team to predict, the elephant in the room with all of this is like, how severely is COVID going to affect these teams and the state of play, right? Um, I mean, who's to say like, you know, multiple players on a team, they test positive and that could lead to obviously their season being blown up, you know, the postponement of games. Like, who knows? So they... they I mean, I think some players have been talking about like, yeah, who, which team is going to do the best of like beating the the virus? <laughs> that could be uh, pretty instrumental in a team success, and it's sort of true. But team wise, t- tough to predict. The Rockets have to be in the mix for me because everything hinges on James Harden. I know we'll eventually get here to uh, talking about star players being traded, and I'm sure we'll do a deep dive on that possibility. But like, if James Harden is still on your team, then your team is pretty damn good. I mean, that's just the way it is. He's that elite. So if he's there and he you know, does suit up for them in regular season games, alongside John Wall, who's back, looks good in preseason, you know, hasn't played a real regular season game in like 23 months. Cousins coming off, you know, torn Achilles and torn quads and torn ACLs and all that. And then everybody thinks Christian Wood's the next best big thing. Like, could be a good team. Like, still a decent team. But who knows? I mean... 
these guys could get re-injured. Obviously, Harden could get traded, and they could be like, you know, sort of tanking in a way. So that's a tough one. And then I'll say the Sixers. Uh, I think they're going to be good, but we're just going to still be asking: uh, Can you build a championship contender around Embiid and Simmons? Uh, I've liked a lot of the pieces that they've added. Obviously, trying to get some more shooting in there, especially Seth Curry. Um, I like it. But still, it's still, to me, a big question mark. I could see them being the best team in the East going to the finals, and I also could see them losing in the first round super easily, uh, depending on a matchup or something like that and what you're getting from Embiid and Simmons. So they're a fun team to watch. Any other teams that are tough to predict before we move on? What about those Tampa A Raptors? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I have a question for you with that, Tass. Do you think it will be a major disadvantage or is it quite possibly an advantage having to obviously not play in Toronto, to play in Tampa, be a part for the most part from your family and, and the comforts of home? Like you could see why it'd be an obvious disadvantage. Like, well, geez, everybody else is like sleeping in their own bed. But, you know, devil's advocate is like maybe it's an advantage. It's that, again, a bonding of some sort. Like you're in it together. You're in this weird situation uh, as a squad. And maybe that makes them, you know play better together and the locker room is better i don't know what do you think what's your take on that yeah i've gone back and forth but i don't think it's neither an advantage or a disadvantage it's not really that much of a bonding atmosphere it's not like you're playing on the road you still are you know, sleeping in your own beds you're not traveling together to tampa it is your sort of your home base so i think that kind of goes out the window uh, you don't have everybody doesn't have fans in their arenas Generally, we'll see what happens. You know, the Warriors are paying 30 million bucks to get some fans in there. But I think that's not a, in a disadvantage, right? Uh, so uh, I think I don't, I don't think it plays either way, really. I know uh, guys generally go down to Orlando and then Miami when they have, you know, two games back to back and people have some fun down there. So does Tampa get thrown in that mix? I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the schedules. Like maybe you go down to Tampa and you're a little gassed because you've played in <laughs> Orlando and Miami and that's... Party Not a Bush good Gardens. mix for three games and four nights. <laughs> Say that again. Party at Bush Gardens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you go to Miami, you're tired, then you go to Tampa. So that's where it comes into effect. Yeah, uh, uh, not a lot of partying happened in Tampa unless JD knows a spot. I've been down there. Everybody just gets the heck out of Tampa. You're not partying at that ugly baseball stadium. No offense, but that stadium is ugly yeah you gotta go to st pete's man it's not tampa it's it's down the road just <laughs> right. down the beach yeah but you know we're joking but it's not a party town either <laughs> let's let's not put st pete's all. in that category. not at all would you rather be in tampa bay during uh you know december january february or in toronto jd the worst possible months you could ever be in that set <laughs> tampa bay although you know you're it's not a good time there. to ask me because uh i haven't been home in a year right so. Yeah. But uh, still, I'd probably pick Tampa Bay, let's be honest. Yeah. You're, you're wearing shorts today. It's so beautiful. Oh, yeah. In Atlanta. Oh, yeah. It's probably got flurries up there in the six right now. Uh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. playing golf right now. So yeah. Is that an advantage? Is he feeling good? I don't know. Well, we will see. Trey, do you have an opinion on this? Is it an advantage or disadvantage having to play in Tampa? I think it's a huge disadvantage because there's no way we're going to be getting any scarf content from the Raptors this year. Serge Ibaka is gone. They're playing in a warm climate. I feel like they united around the scarves last year. (laughs) What are they going to do for accessories in the 2021 season? Only time will tell. Yeah. Lee, anything to add to this? What do you think, man? Uh, I don't think it's great. I I think they would be better off being in their own city, in their own houses and stuff like that. So I think it will catch up to them uh, the longer the season goes on. So uh, I think a disadvantage for me. Oh, what about what teams generally hated crossing the border, having to pull out their passports, going through customs, (laughs) don't have to do that anymore. 
That's right. That's right, man. I'm telling you, it could be an advantage. The Tampa Bay Raptors. Uh, you can buy some fantastic bootleg merchandise too, by the way. Did you guys <laughs> see there was a, I forget the person's name, but uh, incredible job mocking up a Tampa uh, Raptors jersey. It's like, it's like pink and the Raptor like little logos got shades on. I mean, it's, it's really well done. Mm. Uh, so go, just go, go search for that. All right. Our next question here. You know, I, I sort of alluded to it. Which star player is most likely to be traded? Uh, Lee, get us started. Is it James Harden? Is that the obvious answer? Or do you got someone else? Well, before I get into that, I just want to say right now, I have two trade machine tabs open on my, oh my computer oh! right now. Oh my God, this guy has changed, man. <laughs> I'm... I'm I might be coming around on the trade machine. I might be coming around on it. (laughs) The one thing is, you know, like whenever you put in a trade, it's only players for players, right? You can't add those sweeteners like draft picks and future assets and things like that. So, you know, it's it's, it's a little bit, it it leaves you a little bit short. You have to go to other places to see what sort of draft uh, assets teams have. Like, you know, the real GM future detailed drafts, which is great. So anyway, I've got two here for you guys. I'll throw them out there, and then you can pick which one you want to do. Uh, right. let's, let's start with the most obvious one here, James Harden. I, I think it's a matter of time before he gets traded. I was thinking he was going to the Brooklyn Nets, but I actually think that's less likely now. I, I think the Nets, I think um, the way Steve Nash has spoken, I think he actually looks at this team and he goes, Kevin and Kyrie, they need the ball. These guys are going to be scoring. They need the ball. We need uh, periphery pieces around those guys, which I think they like right now. I think adding James Harden, while he's clearly a talented player, they would give up a lot of their depth for another guy who needs the ball. So I think as we sit here today, I think the Nets are like, let's just hold back. We don't we don't need him right now. So uh, what I saw as well from Mark Stein, one of the most respected reporters out there, saying last week on a tweet that the Philadelphia 76ers, for now, he said, are not going to include Ben Simmons in a trade. And the Houston Rockets are saying, well, we, we're not interested in trading James Harden for now. Right. Now, the fact that Mark Stein is reporting that tells me that there is a little bit of smoke there. And, and clearly the Daryl Morey connection there in Philadelphia now being coming from Houston makes me believe that uh, that might happen now. That's starting to look happen. Because again, let's look at it first from the Rocket standpoint. They want talented players back and they want some draft compensation and things like that. Now, Ben sure. Simmons, a young star player. So you, you get you sort of tick that off. Now, he's not James Harden, but he's a star You're player. not going to do better than that. No, exactly. There's I think no he's way. like, okay, that's the big piece that we want. Then you need some filler around it. Now, Danny Green would work just to make the contracts work, according to the trade machine. That works right there. Um, and now, then you have to look at what else Philadelphia can offer. And let me just bring it up here, because uh, the Sixers... They uh, they have a first round pick in 2022, but they've also given up their 21 and 23, I believe it is. Uh, so I don't think you can <laughs> give up all those. So they would have to find another way to do, make it happen. But Daryl Morey, we know, is one of the most creative GMs out there. So I think Daryl Morey will figure out a way to make it happen. I think he's basically just going to wait and see if the, if the Rockets are prepared to do that. Because I think if you're Daryl Morey... Again, he came in. He didn't want to make that big splash for trading one of their big stars at the start. But now, I just think when you look at it, Harden and Embiid probably does work a little bit better than Ben Simmons and Embiid. You know, because because the big problem is Ben Simmons can't spread the floor with the shooting. Obviously, James Harden can. James Harden can run that pick and roll with Joel Embiid. Now, he's a little bit but older. The, but the counter to all this is Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, when playing together, have been actually pretty damn good. I, I, I know it's, that. It's, it's I know everything that. else around them, yeah. But but I'm just thinking, like, I just think the, the problem, though, with Simmons and Embiid at times is that congestion as well on offense, where yeah. it's where, where Embiid 
likes to spread the floor by shooting threes. He's not a great three-point shooter, whereas Simmons should be the one doing that, and he hasn't been able to do that. So I'm starting to think that uh, if Harden gets traded and he wants to go to a, to a, a, an Eastern Conference, or the Rockets want to send him to an Eastern Conference team, I believe, I think that's the destination best suited for him there. There was talk he wanted to go to Milwaukee, which would be hilarious if he and Giannis teamed up. I don't think that's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can throw out other teams. The Raptors, he's not going to the Raptors, of course, like that. You know, Charlotte, those, those sort of teams. The in Miami, Miami Heat. Yeah, Miami he's Heat. not going anywhere there. So I think it's down to Brooklyn and Philadelphia. Okay. And I think uh, as we sit here today, I think uh, Philadelphia with Daryl Morey there, he's the puppet master. He's going to make something happen. So that that's my <laughs> first one. Okay, okay. Did okay, you say the trade? What's the trade? That's the first one. Well, the trade the trade essentially is Danny Green and Ben Simmons for James Harden to make the salaries work, and then the Sixers will find that draft compensation as well, like a first oh, okay. down the line. So that that that's the part of it again. That like uh, I, I'm not quite you know I'm not quite exactly sure how deep they can go as far as giving up first round picks, but Daryl right. Morey will find one somewhere. Right. I saw on Instagram that Daryl Morey said. Ben Simmons has a chance at winning MVP this year, mate. Mm, Got to oh, talk up that trade value. That, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Just like Drew Holiday. That's what David Griffin did. <laughs> yeah, he must that. have known Lee logged onto the trade machine for the third time ever. He's like, I'm going to juice this up so this guy looks at the trade assets of every team in the NBA. Well, I mean, according to the trade machine right now, the uh, 76ers wins improved by seven and the Sixers lose by 12. But that's, uh, sorry, the Rockets lose by 12, uh, have 12 fewer wins. But that's okay for where the Rockets are right now. <laughs> So, um, you know, uh, I think there's something there. Anyway, the second one, and this one is one I, I think I would, I, I, when I answering this question, I thought we're going to talk about James Harden. So let's try to find another one. And I want to see the Dallas Mavericks. Tass, you sort of spoke about them then. And, and the thing is, if you're the Mavericks, I think right now they have to be somewhat concerned about the long-term durability of Porzingis. You know, he missed time in the bubble. He's obviously already blown out an ACL and he's going to miss the start of this season. He's, he's a very good player. But he's so young and he's had some big injuries so far. Now, they gave him a big fat contract. You know, they think he could be the piece there next to uh, Luca. But the problem is, if he continues to have these problems uh, just staying on the court, it, it, the clock is not ticking on the Mavericks with Luca yet. But I think they also want to show him we're going to try to compete as, as often as we can for a championship while Luca's uh, this good. So mm-hmm. I think there's a deal to be made there with the Washington Wizards to get Bradley Beal. And I Boy, think. I think. Deal. I think Beal would be a really nice fit there next to Luca because he can play off the ball. He can also play as the as the sort of distributor offensive lead man when when Luca's sitting if necessary. And I think he's just an upgrade on those guys like a Tim Hardaway Jr., a little bit too sporadic still. And Maxi Kleber would would work in this deal according to the trade machine. It's great. Uh, you know, Kleber's a good good player, but again, Beal is an All Star. Beal's an All NBA caliber player. I think he's an improvement for what they have right now. And he's also just a little bit of an insurance policy for them with Porzingis. That's another legit star to put next to Luka Doncic to show, hey, we're not we're not waiting. We're not we're gonna we're not gonna give this a couple of years if things aren't working out. We want a superstar next to you, and I think Beal fits that bill. Beal, Beal. Um, so um, so that's and 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 look, the the Wizards, you know, they 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 traded obviously for Russell Westbrook, but. Let's be honest. The Wizards—they're looking to the future right now. They're not competing for a championship right now. They're—they're they're, they're, competing for the playoffs, baby. That's it. That's where they are right now. Bradley Beal can give you some uh, some some draft uh, assets as well. That's the other thing. Sorry, I forgot to mention there. The Mavericks are also. <laughs> hey, next time you yeah, give yeah, a trade, it. just say the trade right off the. <laughs> well, uh, but uh, but but see, I don't think um, Hardaway and uh, and Kleber uh, get it done. I think the Mavericks also say we'll give you a first round pick. But they gave up a pick, of course, for Porzingis a few years ago. Two first rounds, in yeah. fact, which they're starting to have to cash in on now. 
So, um, so yeah, that's where I would like to see Beal go. I'd like to see him go to a team that's got a better future than the Wizards have right now. I think it's a good match with uh, with Luka Doncic, and uh, I think that's something that could happen. Okay. I mean, you really just want Beal on a different team because you love Bradley Beal. You love Luka. You're a big Mark Cuban shark tank. Um, I get where you're going. Then we'll bring Manu Ginobili out of retirement. We'll throw him on the squad. I'm sure there's an Aussie or two that we could get on the team. Well, Josh Green is already on the Mavericks as oh, well. Oh, right, so. right, Greeny. Right. Okay. But they might have to give him back to the Wizards in the trade. That's that's okay. one thing. Okay. Well, we're not going to be calling you the trade machine Picasso. I'll tell you that. Uh, more I thought a, you'd be more proud of me. more of a four-year-old man. playing with crayons right yeah. now. I thought you'd be proud of me though having two tabs open right now and I'm like I'm working I am working the trade machine. Hey very proud of you. I mean Woj <laughs> was reporting here this morning I think it was Tass you know that Harden still wants to be traded from the Rockets despite you know John Wall playing in preseason games and looking all right like his his plan hasn't changed. He still wants out of there. I assume it is one of those four teams that he's previously mentioned. Um, so do you have a trade in mind for Harden or is there another star player that you think could be on the move? What do you think? Well, let me first echo uh, Gustavo's comments here in, in the tweet stream. He just said, did he say the trade? Which <laughs> See, I, I, I'm not sure he did either. But. Uh, but anyways, proud of Lee for jumping on that trade machine. I don't have one. I think James Harden is going to have to expand his desired trade destinations before he's dealt. I don't see a, a match in Milwaukee or Philadelphia. I, I just don't see that happening. I, I don't see Ben moving. At, at this point, uh, with the Sixers, uh, they, they did a lot of uh, gymnastics to open up some cap room by trading Al Horford. It was a great move. Uh, I, I just don't see them locking in with a guy who's 30-plus at this point to trade Ben Simmons. you, you got to see what you got in Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid with shooters around them as they now have with Seth Curry and Danny Green and Tobias Harris and Shake Milton. I think that's going to happen. I think okay. James is going to have to expand that uh, a little bit. Um, but hey, I'm looking forward to the day we jump on here and, and do a, an emergency podcast because it sure feels like it's going to happen. Oh. James Harden is showing up today with PJ Tucker to Houston camp and they're going to talk about playing basketball, but it's just weird. I mean, it's weird. It's a weird situation to have all of these uh, guys who. As the athletic reporter, Kelly Eco reporter, just are not happy to join Demarcus Cousins and John Wall, who seem to be happy. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure how that all shakes shakes out. Looking well, forward to that. Well, though. let me give you this trade proposal. Uh, this one is from uh, Twitter fan, Twitter fan, no dunks fan by way of Twitter, Carl Brannigan, um, and he, he he threw this one out here because Woj was saying the Rockets want, like you said, it, Lee, they want a, a young star player. Uh, and, you know, preferably probably some picks, too, to, to build for the future. And that if they were trading with the Nets, um, they have no interest in Kyrie Irving, so there's not going to be an Irving for Harden type of deal. And they're not all that interested in the Nets sort of young package that they could put together, which you've talked about before, Lee, that you think is sort of enticing, but apparently the Rockets don't, right? They don't look at Karis LeVert or a Dinwiddie or an Allen, I guess, or something like that. They they're not all excited about one of those guys being like a, a future star. So Kyle throws out this three-team deal because Woj also said maybe the Nets would have to get a third team involved, find that young star player, and reroute him to Houston. Kyle's maybe done it here. I'll throw it at you. This is how I'll present it. <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets, they get James Harden in this scenario. The Houston Rockets, they would get Gary Harris, Torian Prince, and Michael Porter Jr. Okay, so you got a couple nuggets coming. Michael Porter Jr. being the star, the potential star for the future. And then Prince is in there and Harris. And then the Nuggets would get Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie. Trey, 
what do you think of Kyle's trade machine uh, three-team deal there? If if Harden you know was in play for the Brooklyn Nets to get, does that make a little sense at least from the Rocket side of things? Does is it is it perplexing to you for the Nugget side of things? Like, what do you think about that one? Uh, I think it's perplexing from the Nuggets' point yeah. of view. I don't think that they would necessarily want to give up a young guy that they have high hopes for in Michael Porter Jr. to get Karis Levert and Spencer Dinwiddie, who are both very solid players. They've been each of them, you know, fringe All Star candidates in the Eastern Conference. I don't think that that is necessarily where the Nuggets are setting their sights with their third star, though. They want somebody who's going to be a regular as an all-star appearance kind of guy alongside Jokic and hopefully Murray, probably an all-star at some point in his career as well, too. I do think it's a better return for the Rockets. You would rather get Michael Porter Jr. uh, than Dinwiddie and Levert for the same reason that the Nuggets would like to keep those guys around uh, as well, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you want the younger, better guy, which is exactly what the Rockets are trying to do here, but... They're not going to get good return for James Harden because James Harden is an MVP candidate. So they're going to be choosing between these okay young players who they hope can get to a level less than James Harden. And they're hoping they can get a few more assets as well to try and rebuild things. Maybe John Wall looks good again. He was fine in his first preseason game, lighten up the Bulls. But um, (laughs) maybe then they're able to move him in the future as well, too, and continue to just re-add all of the draft assets that they have lost with the Chris Paul, with the Russell Westbrook trades all of this stuff that has kind of jeopardized the Rockets' future and made James Harden want to leave. I just think that uh, there's no way he plays the whole season there, Harden, because uh, this past week and a half has been a disaster for the Rockets, and we haven't even started the season yet. You really want to go into it where these guys are appearing in front of the media every single day saying how much they hate your team and your owner? No, thank you. Yeah. Is there any other star players that could be moved, Tass, in your opinion? I I do like Beal being on the horizon of guys that get moved because – I think twice it it seems like, oh, Beal is going to be in Washington for a long time. When he signed that quote-unquote extension, it was really just a one-year plus an option. And now Russell Westbrook coming in, it feels like, oh, they're going for it. But maybe it's not as early as the trade deadline. Maybe it's in the offseason or next trade deadline. But I don't think it's a long-term solution to have Russ uh, playing together with Bradley Beal. Although... As an experiment, I'm willing to watch those two and Isaac Banga and Rui Achimura, who I've got a, a thing for, and <laughs> Mo Wagner and, and all these guys. It will be fun to watch all these guys play together. But I, I do see Beal on the horizon getting moved. A guy that we've talked about a billion times uh, getting moved, Aaron Gordon, just feels like it's time to go from Orlando. It's year seven for him. The hair is out. He's looking fine with, uh, with, the, with the new hairdo. It just it doesn't feel right every time i watch an orlando magic game it feels like aaron gordon's going to try and turn it on and try and have a big game but he really has to get to a point in his career where he is more of a complimentary guy more of a defensive guy and not not the number one option at the very least so i I think it has to happen at some point right Right. uh so it doesn't feel like a long-term set there Uh, and al horford as well uh in okc and Derek rose in detroit got to cash in on him while he's under contract and playing at his best, it doesn't fit for for the Pistons to continue on with Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin, who also looks fantastic in preseason basketball. <laughs> Everybody's looking fantastic. Trey, are there any other names that you'd add to, to Tessa's solid list there? I'm a little curious what's going on with Rudy Gobert and the Jazz. You know, Ooh. he's going to be a free agent after this season. He's eligible for a super max extension. He's still probably the best rim protector in the league. But as we've seen with the Jazz, that format seems like it can only take them so far. They haven't been able to pop to the next level to become an elite team quite yet this summer or 
early fall. This offseason, they brought back Derek Favors. They drafted another center. So you just have to think, are they considering the idea of maybe moving Gobert for somebody around the trade deadline? He would be a guy that would be in huge uh, demand around the league, even if you're only getting him for the rest of the season. That's the kind of guy that can swing a title if all you're missing is a big guy. Yeah. Um, no doubt about it. But he's also been a jazz for the entirety of his career. He seems like a mainstay there. I would imagine somehow they find a deal for him uh, to come back at less than the max. But if he is has his heart set on the max, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he could be a trade target. Fair, fair. All right. We got to take a break. Man, we are running long here for our first show of our second season. No dunks. But let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. We got some fun questions here to uh, end part one of our five-part NBA season preview podcast. And this one, we're going to go to you here first, Trey. Best new jersey. We got so many new City Edition jerseys. What's your favorite one and why? Oh, you got to hit up our Instagram or our Twitter at no dunks inc you can see skeets and i doing a review on every single one of these new city jerseys there's a whole bunch of them we've talked about a bunch of them on the show because it feels like they've been coming out for about three months now at this point so we've all praised the buzz city hornets jersey here's one that we didn't show i don't think i love the new spurs fiesta look yep oh this is so good especially because it's a look that everybody associates with the spurs but we've never actually seen it on a jersey they only did the warm-ups back in the day during the David Robinson, Sean Elliott, Dennis Rodman era, but everybody's hoping these would turn into uniforms. They finally did. The old school font that they had in the 90s, probably a little bit better than this one, but this still looks great. Unlike a lot of the teams that came out with these new city jerseys, there's a reason for the Spurs to be wearing black uniforms. They wear black all the time, unlike the Knicks or a team like that. I don't know what they're doing. Nonetheless, I think these Spurs ones look great. They ran five guys out there to model them who nobody's ever seen before, and they still looked awesome. Shout out to the Spurs. Yeah, I went with that as well, the Spurs Fiesta theme jerseys. It's also uh, the first time I read that the team's hometown has been front uh, on the center of the jersey since 1989. So it says San Antonio because it usually just says the Spurs. I hadn't realized that. But those are, ooh, 
Those are tasty. Those are very, very I, I nice. too, I too jumped in on this. Wow. I love these Fiesta jerseys. I'm surprised we didn't talk about them. Look how cool those guys looked, as Trey mentioned. I mean, the photographer did some incredible job here. Or did an incredible job. Just the lighting makes it oh, look yeah. super cool. Trey Lyles, you look cool. Uh, I think all, all these, these, these five young Spurs... Uh, look fantastic, especially DeJounte Murray there in the front. Oh, He's yeah, making yes. New Balance shoes look cool. He's got the matching New Balance shoes with the Fiesta. So sexy. So I'm sexy. liking That's that pose, look. too. Just the wrap squat, but with yeah. the hands open. You don't see the claw hands very often like that. Yeah, yeah. no. It's, five out. We're playing right. five out. <laughs> okay, so we got three of us picking the Spurs. Uh, Lee, who, what are you taking? Are you going with them as well? Uh, they're pretty sexy. I'm going with the Phoenix Suns, though, the Valley jerseys. Uh, you like those? I, I, yeah, I, I think so, uh, especially when you see them actually on the players like that. So, yeah, I think they look so cool because I don't think we'd really seen them in, uh, other than just the, the jersey itself being released. But now, right. obviously, you've got their, their big three there modeling them. And, uh, yeah, I think they look great. I, I think they really do. I like that... Uh, the night, the, the the sunset look that they've got going on. So, uh, yeah, the suns. Okay. You don't, you don't think they're too much of sort of a, you know, a ripoff of what we've seen from like sort of the Nuggets and I guess sort of the Jazz with the, the gradient? Sort of, yeah, the Tetris-y sort of look there yeah. for the Nuggets and stuff and the mountain looks like I'm just does. asking. You're yeah, right it's the it. same sort of area though, isn't it? You know, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the wild, wild west. Yeah. It's close enough, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he didn't invent mountains, Colorado. Right, right. Let's have some mountains. <laughs> Got to share those mountains. Okay. Yeah. And, the Hornets, and those Pacers ones also been going around with the pinstripes. Oh, I like those. So nice. I was a fan of those. I mean, yeah, I did the Eastern Conference, uh, like Trey said on our Instagram and Twitter accounts, like quick, like hitters, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down. Trey did the West. And again, go check those out. I was not up on many of the Eastern Conference jerseys, uh, you know, in looking back on it. I was like, I was up on like a handful of them. A lot of them are not great, uh, which brings us to our next question. What's the worst new City Edition jersey. Lee, why don't you get a start? Which one are you like? I mean, again, there are a lot of bad ones. There are a lot to pick from, in my opinion. But what are you going with? I'm going with the low-hanging fruit of the New York Knicks uh, jerseys here. <laughs> yeah, because RJ Barrett even looks like he doesn't want to be there. You, you no. just showed the San Antonio Spurs looking cool as anything there together. You know, throwing out the rap pose. Uh, RJ Barrett's like, oh, God, do I, am I the one who has to... Uh, <laughs> Am I the one who has to uh, model these things? Like, no, thanks. Come on, quick, get this over and done with. So, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's oh, yeah. City never sleeps. <laughs> I'm sleeping on those ones, no doubt. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Lee could never wear those. He's always sleeping. Yeah, well, yeah. Not not when it's raining like, like it was last night. I was up right, in the attic. Sorry, except when you're up in the attic <laughs> checking the shingles. Uh, all right, yeah, that's a that's a, you know, a good pick for worst uh, New Jersey. Uh, Tass, what do you have? I, too, went with that oh, Nick City geez. edition. Wow. I, 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 totally. R.J. Barrett, uh, uh, Mr. Michael Lee pointed the same thing out that Lee did on, on Twitter, saying, come on, I'm not happy here. The, the circle is just, it's too much. And I'm not even all that bothered by the sponsors on the front of a jersey, but even this Squarespace logo, it's just all up in your grill. Uh, I thought, you know, back, if you can remember, back in 2017, when it was a pilot program, for the league to have these patch jerseys, two and a half inches by two and a half inches, we all wondered, what about our sacred jerseys? What's going to happen to our sacred jerseys? <laughs> now it's just a part of the jerseys and it's not a big deal. There's a great write-up actually on The Athletic by Bill Shea about how much money is coming in and they're expanding it to practice jerseys this year. It hasn't been obtrusive whatsoever, but maybe it's just because it's white on black. 
maybe it's because of the location. Maybe because there's an NYC, but this Squarespace is like bang. <laughs> it's too much. Maybe it's this. Maybe maybe it's because that circle is so big. Yeah, that's, that's what I think circle. it is. I think it's because your eyes don't want to look at the actual logo. So you're like, well, let me look anywhere else. Oh, bam, Squarespace. <laughs> yeah, I think like the old classic NYC Nike logo would make for a better overall logo for for the actual Knicks. They have it backwards here instead of this stupid circle with the city never sleeps and the dumb color I hate. This one's bad, Trey. I don't know if you have another one, but... Yeah, this one is really bad. The other one in the mix for the worst for me, Cleveland Cavaliers. Yep. Uh, okay, <laughs> I will agree that most people do know that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is in Cleveland. That seems to be the number one thing people know. But this looks like a ransom note. You have to know... <laughs> All of these logos. You have to know all of these band logos. Like David Bowie's classic V <laughs> yeah, his name. Hey, hey, uh, is there any V's out there? Has there ever been a band with a V in their name? Sorry, just a guy named David. We're rolling that out there. <laughs> then you have to realize that these are actually that. And when it all comes together, it just looks brutal. None of these bands are even from Ohio. I do not get this. <laughs> it I looks don't like... It. A- it looks like at the end there, they, they used Grammarly uh, to spell the uh, A-N-D there. They, they had to squeeze the N in there. It's like, hang on, we've spelled it Cleveland. Hang on, there's a, all right, put it through Grammarly. Yeah, it's Cleveland. All right, all right, chuck an N in there. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It's, uh, it's crazy. I, you know what's worse? I couldn't believe it. I'm with you. These are brutal. Have you seen the court that goes along oh, with them? Oh, oh, come on. Oh, this is, I mean, they're, they're trying, I guess, what the Nets were doing there with the gray court, but like, oh. Uh, you got like the, I guess, the little patches, right? Uh, yeah, they're supposed to be like pins on a denim yeah, jacket. Yeah, pins. Yeah, patch. Yeah. Um, not a fan of the uh, rock and roll ransom note jerseys. No, nor the court. So those are those are high. I feel on like a lot of people's list. The Cavs and the Knicks. What are you doing? What are you doing, guys? Let's hear from you uh, either in the stream team or tweet at us at No Dunk Sink. Your favorite and your worst new city edition jerseys which ones uh have we missed and i'm not sure why the knicks didn't go with uh this jersey style here yeah. this, the the you know the the sort of understated black I, I don't even know what this jersey is but somebody threw it out there this kit That's a, it's a store in new york city uh, a okay big, big but a variation of that hell yeah, yeah. I mean, it's sure, cool. sure. It's I thought lot. at first, yeah, I saw Kith was was tweeting it. I don't know who you are, Kith, but okay, it's a store. <laughs> yep. And I thought maybe there's Nicks within that K-I-T-H. I was looking, looking, analyzing it. Maybe it's, you know, sort of in there. No, 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 it's just <laughs> K-I-T-H. It does look better. Uh, it looks way better. All right, again, let's hear from you guys. Uh, favorite and uh, least favorite jerseys from all those new City Edition ones. All right, final question here for part one. Favorite moment? meme whatever you want to call it from the off season or even into the preseason task get us started what was your favorite moment from uh what the few weeks we've had between the end of last season and the start of this one yeah too short a period uh so i just went with uh, the no dunks twitter account producing some great memes trey kirby producing some great memes and he, and he threw this out there they usually involve lee and in this instance it's the pelicans city edition jersey with the you know the three sections on it the red white and blue and the fleur-de-lis those flowers there and so there's our flower fleur-de-lis hanging out uh, for for a uh, was a photo shoot back in our starters days but 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 lee would go on to wear that turtleneck 
<laughs> at an all-star weekend if i'm not mistaken <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah. that was this year right that was 2020 yeah <laughs> wow wow it was. yeah it was in chicago yeah. you're right i, uh, I think it was a uh, valentine's day putting on a very romantic <laughs> turtleneck to hang out with the boys and eat some two-hour pizza you know those photo shoots we always used to do were so much fun and uh you're always hoping you would get to keep some of the clothes and uh, i wanted to keep that jacket too i love that jacket i thought right. it was great i, I love that fit i thought it was great with the white pants and the skivvy, but uh, or the turtleneck as it's called here, but uh, yeah, skivvy. Yeah, oh, oh, that's underwear here, but a yeah. turtleneck in Australia. Oh, it's huh? a skivvy. Weird. Yeah, it's a skivvy. That's what we would call it. Uh, oh. I think it's an Australian England sort of thing, but you know, turtleneck's fine. Yeah. Don't go out in your skivvies to get the newspaper. That's what I always say. <laughs> Do you have any other uh, any other no dunks memes there, Tass? I didn't know if you were setting up for uh, no, no, oh, okay, no. That, uh, that was my home run there, okay. Skeet. That, that, that wasn't my foul ball. <laughs> you knocked it out of the park, man. I'll tell you that. What do you got, Trey? Favorite moment or meme from the off season slash preseason? Well, like Tess is saying, like, what kind of off-season did really, really have? We had, like, two weeks. I liked catching a giant bass. That was my favorite moment ah, of the off-season. Uh, Lee's draft video was great. But as for an NBA sort of moment of the off-season, I think the thing that we'll remember the most is uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich being a buck for 20 minutes, and then he's not a buck, and <laughs> then now he's somehow on the Hawks. You know, the Bucks had a pretty good off-season if they hadn't totally botched the Bogdan situation because they did get the biggest target out there, right? And Drew Holiday, a player that everybody thinks is going to improve their chances uh, come playoff time, really raises their ceiling a little bit from Eric Bledsoe. Everybody thinks that's an improvement, but it looked like they were doing it at the exact same time as getting Bogdan. As it turned out, everybody botched that situation. Now Bogdan Bogdanovich is here in Atlanta playing for the Hawks. Uh, and you kind of forget that Drew Holiday is going to be on the Bucks. Uh, messing that deal up really overshadowed the one that they got right. Right. And as of recording this here on Monday, Giannis still hasn't signed uh, mm-hmm. Supermax extension yeah, too. Now, who who knows if uh, that you know the botching of that deal has anything to do with it? Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But uh, yeah, that's that's a, that's a weird moment for sure from this very short offseason. What do you have, Lili? I still think the funniest thing uh, I saw, certainly on free agency night, was Dwight Howard saying he's re-signing with the Lakers. <laughs> I think it was Shams first. I'm not sure if he had it first, but, but you know, some of those guys who were connected said, no, he hasn't signed. That's not a deal that's happening. And then thinking that, like, okay, it's just a formality that he will right. re-sign with the Lakers. And then all of a sudden he's signed with the Philadelphia 76ers. So uh, I thought that was crazy because Dwight really did rehab his image so well uh, this season, he played hard. He won a championship, and and he sort of became uh, that that guy that people used to love uh, back in the day. But then he kind of goes, "I've never ever seen that before, where a player's called his destination only to be corrected by a reporter saying, <laughs> you're not you're not signing there, man. It hasn't been signed that deal.' So uh, I thought that was uh, that was pretty funny." Especially when the team that he is, well, eventually leaving <laughs> exactly. was the NBA champion. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. I'm going back for win another one. Yeah. No, you're not, man. You're going to have to do it in the East. So uh, good luck. Okay, that's that's very funny. I picked one, guys, that feels like 10 years ago. And I actually think it got overlooked a little bit. But remember when Myers Leonard became like an internet sensation for shotgunning Coors Light beers down <laughs> in the bubble? Well, the company reached out to him. For like this once-in-a-lifetime offer. They hooked him up, as we see here on the stream team, uh, with a Coors Light chill stream bus. And he went on a cross-country adventure with his wife and his dog. And the bus included a driver. They went over 3,300 miles. They were stopping in cities, I guess, where family members lived. Now, they were doing all of this during a pandemic, which I thought was Mm. a little strange. Um, But they started in Miami, and they ended 10 days later, I think, in L.A. And... 
I, it's just like, wow, this again feels like an eternity ago where Myers Leonard on Twitter was giving me tips how to shotgun a beer. Oh, Remember, because yeah. I shotgunned a beer because of a, a pick and payoff at the start of the bubble. So uh, this all happened not that long ago. I, re- I did a little research on it, though. Myers said, quote, I did a workout in the middle of Nebraska in a truck stop parking lot like a complete psychopath because he had combat boots on and no shirts on. He was, uh, it was like he was going to get the paper leave. Um, but I guess yeah, it broke it, like a classic uh, bus breaking down on the road trip. It stopped working in Nebraska for a little bit, and he had to get his work at it. Yeah, yeah he's got the bod, though, that's okay if you go out and get the paper in the nude in the morning. So, yes. uh, in fact, know. you're encouraged to just walk out nude if you, if you look like Myers yeah. Leonard to pick and up. And he was showing it off there in that photo, too. It took the wife, oh, the yeah. dog, and his short shorts. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Sure. Okay. You guys, I uh, think we should offer a sleeveless No Dunks hoodie at NoDunks.com. Oh. Show off the guns. Oh, yeah. Are you warm or are you cold, bud? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right, He's bud. neither, man. He's chill. <laughs> He's chill, man. <laughs> Shotgun all those Coors Lights. Uh, yeah. Well, speaking of merchandise, go grab yours. NoDunks.com. We got a bunch of new hoodies up there, t-shirts. We got a Good Morning Sweet World mug you can grab. So go to NoDunks.com. And we're going to be uh, releasing a lot more merchandise throughout this season. So, uh, you know, if you have a suggestion hell if you got a piece of artwork that you've done that you'd like to see us maybe turn into a shirt email them in no dunks at the send your questions and your comments in for our next beach step and we'll probably do one early next week before the start of the official season NBA season starts a week from tomorrow, which is wild. Uh, we have Christmas, which is even more wild. Uh, leave us those sweet five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Really, really appreciate it, especially at the start of a season. Get your boys up the rankings. Get some more eyeballs and ears on the show. Really appreciate it. that Everybody's already done that, but if you haven't, go do it, please, if you listen to the show on Apple Podcasts. We're back tomorrow on Tuesday to answer more burning questions about the upcoming season. Uh, we'll have six new questions, a lot of fun ones. Until then... Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, see you for part two. And you can now email your friend Jim because Jim Mail is back up and running. (laughs) Embrace the day, people.